You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All bills all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. While it's always game day in Buffalo, it's always sunny in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Sal Capaccio coming at you from the NFL League meetings, affectionately known as the owners meetings, and Matt Bovey from Buffalo, New York. Matt, I miss you out here. I know you're, you're loving life with your new gorgeous baby daughter, but I'm loving life in the sunshine right now as well. Yeah, so if you're listening to this right now, Sal and I can see each other while we record these. I am sitting in my dining room. It is a gloomy 35 degrees here in Western New York today. It hailed for about 20 minutes this afternoon. It's cold. It's misty. You know, I've been off for a couple weeks with the baby. So one of our saving graces has been just like walking around the neighborhood. But it's not even nice enough really to do that with the baby right now. And then I'm looking at Capaccio here and he's got blue skies, the reflection of the computer off of his sunglasses there, palm trees behind him. He's going to come back with a little bit of a tan, man. You really drew the short straw here. Sal. <laughs> well, listen, there's a lot of business to be done out here and it is Phoenix, Arizona, where the annual lead meetings are taking place. They rotate basically from Florida to Arizona. And then generally Florida will be in like Palm beach. Like last year, it'll be in Arizona. Generally only here though. I've only been to the ones here at last time I was in Arizona it was the same hotel. We're at the Arizona Biltmore Waldorf Astoria. I will tell you though, Matt, I'm not staying at the Biltmore Waldorf story. No, I, I, I'm I, the company wouldn't spring for that as much as I wanted them to. No, last year for the owners' meetings at the Breakers in Palm West Palm, I believe I stayed at at a Spring Hill Suites about mm-hmm. 35 minutes away. So all of these, I mean, you know, you did it yesterday. The Sean McDermott breakfast with the coach stuff yes. is at like 7:30, 7:45 in the morning. So when you got to go through all the hoops of, we are not complaining here, but they are very early mornings. But you know, you take it because you get to do it somewhere warm. And that's what we're doing this week. So let's catch up on what's been happening. So on Monday morning, they had the AFC coaches breakfast here on Tuesday morning. It was the NFC coaches breakfast and uh, AFC coaches breakfast obviously included Sean McDermott. After that, we heard from Brandon Bean later in the day. And then we heard from Bill's uh, executive vice president, COO Ron Rakuya. Let's take him in chronological order. Let's start with Sean McDermott. So Sean McDermott spoke and basically the headline I would say, Matt, is he confirmed something that we all knew was going to happen, but now we know for sure that he will be the defensive play caller in 2023, taking over for Leslie Frazier. Again, something we all kind of knew was happening. They were leaning that way, but he said he's going to call plays. However, I thought it was interesting. He did leave the door open 
for that to change down the road. If he feels that it's not going the way he wants to, or he can do as far as his time management is concerned and managing a game, he even left open the possibility of giving it to someone else from time to time, as he said, and then taking it back or just handing it off overall. That's not what he's planning on doing. He's just leaving the door open. I thought that was interesting that he at least had that introspective and vulnerability, if you want to call it that, to say, hey, this might not go the way we all expect it to go. Yeah, and I think that's probably pretty self-aware from him because he has had success as a defensive coordinator in this league, and he is a very smart defensive mind when it comes to football. But you have to balance still being a head coach and then the new responsibilities that you're adding onto your plate of calling defensive plays. That's a lot for one person. There's a reason the defensive coordinator job exists and the head coach job exists. And I've always heard from people around the league and people in coaching that the best head coaches are the ones who can kind of keep their hands out of everything and let the offensive coordinator do their job, let the defensive coordinator do their job. And they just focus on the sole responsibilities of a head coach. Now McDermott is going to have to do that, which is something that I think he's done, you you know, fairly well since he's been hired here. He's one of the better coaches in the league. The bills have had a lot of success. People always like to say what could be better and why the bills haven't gotten to where they're trying to go, but come on, the guy has made the playoffs basically every single year he's been here and considering where they were, that's quite the feat. But now you're going to have to try and do all of that stuff, manage the game, make those important decisions while also being responsible for a defense. I think he can do it, but I think it's a big undertaking. For sure. Um, you know, he talked a lot about having a good staff and relying on them. And I, I think that's right. He has a veteran staff. They brought in Al Holcomb to be a defensive assistant. He's been with Sean McDermott. He's a veteran coach in this league, but you also have Eric Washington at D line. You also have Bob Babich, Bobby Babich as linebackers coach. You also have John Butler in the secondary. And I'm sure there's other guys too, but that's a very veteran staff that he can lean on. And he says, look, I'm going to lean on them. They're going to be able to take over some of these duties. So he feels very confident in that. The other part of this is does it mean anything for the philosophy of the defense, a change in the defense? When he was asked that, he used two words, Matt, we'll see. And I thought that was really interesting. And then they signed Taylor Rapp and Taylor Rapp is a safety who a lot of people thought was going to get a starting job in this league as a free agent. In fact, there were rumblings that the bills might've targeted him if they'd lost Jordan Poyer. So is Taylor Rapp now someone might indicate along with Sean McDermott being the new play caller that maybe the bills are going in a different direction. Maybe we see more three safety looks, more dime looks, more of that Buffalo nickel. Maybe we do see a little bit of a defensive type of change, whatever that looks like for the Buffalo Bills in 2023. The Taylor Rep signing is interesting because I don't think he would have signed here or came here if he didn't know he was going to get on the field. He's not come. He is somebody who it seemed like had options. I know I saw that he visited the Patriots. He had an evaluation on spot track of $10 million a season. Obviously he didn't get anywhere close to that, but it seemed like there was interest in this player from around the league. And for him to come to a team that's already got two bona fide studs at safety with Hyde and Poyer, especially Poyer coming back makes me think that there is going to be a philosophy change because I don't think he comes here just to sit on the bench for a year until maybe Micah Hyde's contract is up and then they go, okay, well, now you can play with Jordan Poyer. We just wanted to get you in the door. I think that's part of it. But at the same time, I do think maybe there is going to be a shift in what they try and do because this is a personnel. This is a package. These are the people that McDermott wants for his kind of new designed re-energized defense that he plans on implementing. And let's talk about that defense and what it might look like, because I did catch up with Ron Rivera at the NFC coaches breakfast. And I asked him, about Sean McDermott. Rod's been asked this before at the combine. I know you guys caught up with him and uh, asked as well, but here's what he said. 
to me about Sean McDermott calling defense when they were in Carolina together. And obviously Rivera was the head coach and McDermott was the defensive coordinator quote. He gets very aggressive. He really does. Sean is a guy that looks at the game and reacts very well. I always thought he made good decisions. I always thought that he also made good adjustments, but he tends to get aggressive and, and, and then he started to lightly laugh, Matt. He goes, he tends to get aggressive and then he laughs and he goes, and every now and then I'd have to slow him down. He says, but he is, he's a very aggressive play caller. He's dynamic. He looks for the best way to use his guys. Okay. So end quote, Matt, I think this is kind of a bit different than the, I guess you'll say narrative on what the bills have been and what people think Sean McDermott is and um, his play calling philosophy. They have not been the most aggressive defense over the last several years under Sean McDermott and Leslie Frazier. So this tells me like that would be a major change if we got this suddenly incredibly aggressive defense. Yeah, and I don't want people to think aggressive automatically means just blitzing more. Agreed with you. Because that's not, you know, exactly what it means. I think sometimes for McDermott as a head coach, he needed to be more aggressive. And that was a learning curve, whether it was decisions on fourth down or when to, you know, go for it, when to all, all these things that he had to kind of learn as he went. And I think back to the AFC championship game, when there were multiple decisions that were made that I thought they should have been aggressive, more aggressive on, and they ultimately lost the game. Then you fast forward to the next year and it felt like they were always making the right decisions on when they should go for it and stuff. So if he's going to take that same approach, if he was already an aggressive play caller and he's becoming a more aggressive head coach. I think he takes that same approach to the defense and it makes you wonder with the personnel that they have, what are they going to do? What are they going to look like? I was thinking about it the other day. Who are their best 11 players right now who you would slot in to start defensively? And I'm thinking, okay, right now, if Von Miller's ready to go, he's going to be there. Daquan Jones is going to be there. Ed Oliver is going to be there. Greg Rousseau is going to be there. There's your defensive line. Now we'll talk about Calais Campbell because it sounds like there's going to be a visit there, but that's interesting. Matt Milano will be there. We don't know who will be next to him. Although I know that that was talked about there in your secondary, you've got Poyer, Hyde, Johnson, Elam, Trey white. So there's one open spot and it's next to Milano. Does Taylor Rapp somehow fit into this piece? What am I missing here? So, let me I like the real quick what Sean McVay said about Taylor Rapp. I asked him about him, which is really interesting on this point that you're making. He said, great versatility. He can play on all three levels of defense. You okay. can move on the line of scrimmage on the second level or safety in the deep part of the field. He's a great understanding of the game. Now, I don't think either of us is suggesting he's going to play defensive tackle suddenly, right? That's not going to happen, mm-hmm. but you can use this guy as a bit of a chess piece, I guess, around the board, which, yeah, maybe you take the middle linebacker off the field once in a while and put that extra safety on. And now you have some versatility there. I do. I find this fascinating about what we're going to, what we're going to see in 2023. The big nickel stuff is interesting because it wasn't that long ago when it felt like the bills had very real interest in both Kyle Duggar and Jeremy chin. And those guys have gone on to have very successful early careers in the NFL. And I know Taron Johnson has been such a strong player for them defensively, but he is still a bit undersized. I've always thought of Taron Johnson as kind of more of a linebacker than I even have as a cornerback, just because of what his skill set is. Taylor Rapp, I think, is a little bit bigger, right? Like then six foot Aaron. So yeah, he's a little bit. Yeah. So he is bigger. So he is bigger. Uh, I mean, he's not huge by any stretch, but that's interesting. Maybe he becomes what we always kind of thought Saran Neal could become specifically on the defense. Well, that was Sean McDermott on the, you know, philosophy of defense and 
um, the, the, what we might see in him calling plays. And I should say Ron Rivera on the philosophy of defense of Sean McDermott. McDermott did mention, as you said, the middle linebacker position. He said, Tyrell Dodson, Terrell Bernard, and Bill Inspector will all get a shot. They all deserve a shot, is the way he put it, for that particular position. That doesn't scream to me that they're penciling one of them in right now. It just means they're going to be a part of a mix. And I think, Matt, it very well could still include a mix of somebody drafted early in this draft. Yeah, I don't think that that's off base. I think some people would probably be pretty bummed if they ended up using a first round pick on the linebacker. I have been very much offensive minded this entire time, but maybe you've got a guy you love in the second round or the third round, but then that gets us to how much better is that player than Terrell Bernard? Cause we still don't really know what Terrell Bernard could be with the bills defense. You know, we saw glimpses in the preseason and in training camp last year, but we haven't seen a big sample size. Also, did anybody bring up Calais Campbell out there Was Sean or Brandon? Did anybody confirm that that's happening a visit? I believe Brandon was asked, but there was no complete confirmation on that. Okay. So something to keep in mind. I mean, they can't have that much money left, right? Also, I will tell you, I know for sure. Also, Jordan Phillips is, is, visiting and could possibly return. They're going to check out his medicals and all that and how that goes and see what it is. But that's another guy on the defensive line. They could be adding soon as well. Okay. So that makes sense. It always felt like Jordan Phillips made sense to come yeah. back even maybe more than Shaq Lawson. Jordan Phillips flashed at times last year, but then he was battling. What was it? A collarbone shoulder injury shoulder really from shoulder injury. Yeah, and I think he had a surgery, a torn labrum. Didn't he say he had a torn labrum at the end of the year? Didn't he tell us that? I think so. I can't exactly remember. There was a lot of guys who were banged up in the end of the year as admittedly, once the season ended, I wasn't thinking a lot about Jordan Phillips injury. Right, I was right, thinking right, more sure. about some of the other stuff that was going on. Um, okay. Jordan Phillips makes sense. But if Calais Campbell is available, like there's your guy who can just really clog up the middle of the line for probably a pretty affordable contract. I mean, not to put you on the spot. What, what do the bills have? Uh, $5 million left. Maybe That's something probably- like that. Yeah. They don't have a ton of money in that, you know, um, I think it was maybe 10 to uh, nine to 11 and be- a couple of weeks ago before a couple of signings. So uh-huh. the other thing is that Brandon Bean said, in fact, let's do that. Let's, let's talk about Brandon Bean coming up here and what he had to say, because a whole bunch of things we went through and he touched on that salary cap issue as well. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Okay, out here in Arizona, the NFL League meetings, the owners meetings, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove back in Western New York. He is the Channel 7 WKBW TV sports director. You can hear me on WGR Sports Radio 550. The very early early morning reports, by the way. I go on WGR at 8.30 from out here, Eastern time. That's 5.30 
Well, it's mountain time, but they go, they don't do the daylight savings thing. You know that right here in Phoenix, like last month, they were only two hours behind Buffalo, but now because they don't do the spring forward, they're three hours behind. Catherine Fitzgerald from the Buffalo news used to work in Arizona and explain that to me once. And my mind was a pretzel after trying to understand exactly what it was. Still mountain time, but I have been, behind. we have been with work. We have both been very fortunate to get to do a lot of traveling. I have never been to Arizona. So that is a place that I really want to get to because the year that the bills would have went to Arizona yeah. was the COVID year. Didn't they end up playing two games that year? They did. They played the, San Francisco. They had to move that game. Yeah. They played the hail, the hail Murray game in Arizona. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, the bills, I think really handed it to the 49ers on Monday night football also in Arizona. Yeah. I've never been there. So I would like to get there at some point. It looks pretty beautiful from what your screen is showing me. Well, and it's nice and warm and uh, there's no wind and not a cloud in the sky. I don't want to keep rubbing it in. Let me tell you about what Brandon Bean said under this bright sunshine yesterday. Did I tell you it was sunny? Brandon Bean talked to us yesterday here in Arizona. And so let's get back to the uh, salary cap uh, piece. He made mention. Yeah. He didn't give the exact figure, but money's getting tight. Not only this year, he made it known that it's next year as well, 2023, 2024. Look, they've restructured Josh Allen. They've restructured Von Miller. They've restructured Stephon Diggs. Every time you push that money down into future years, it's going to cost you down the road, and that's going to happen. It's going to probably happen for the foreseeable future. So everything they do has to be with that in mind. And, Matt, very important here, he even admitted that they are doing things with the comp pick in mind that right now yeah. they stand to gain a third round pick next year by losing Tremaine Edmonds based on the formula and who they have and haven't signed. And if he, they sign guys to certain level deals that could cancel that out and they don't want to do that. Yeah. Isn't it like you got to keep it under $3 million or something or two yes. and a half million dollars. So around there, I, yeah. I would imagine that any other additional signings that the bills make these keep in mind signings, not trades would have to fall under that threshold of whatever it is, $3 million, two and a half million dollars. The moral of the story, I don't think the bills are going to go out and make any big free agent splashes from here on out. All of their quote, bigger moves have been made, but you're going to get some of the guys like Jordan Phillips, who salad mentioned, or maybe Calais Campbell or somebody who has kind of been around for a couple of weeks who you think could fill out your roster. Those are going to be the guys. I think the bills are more interested in moving forward. All right, but they could make a splashy trade, and we've heard a lot about DeAndre Hopkins. We had the Instagram post from DeAndre Hopkins what last week with the Buffalo Soldier lyrics that made waves. We had Tom Pelissero mm -hmm. saying that would be a great fit. Not reporting anything on there, but Adam Pacman Jones on Pat McAfee says his sources were saying that you know Buffalo would be a good fit and that could work. And then you had Aaron Wilson in Houston who said that um, the Bills were the not the leader was it the leader the headline team as far as the pursuit. All right, so I think I ran through everybody who was giving us reports on that. But when it came time to Brandon Bean, he kind of threw a little water on it and said, "Look, here's what happens." Somebody hears that you make a phone call because you're checking on something and suddenly they think, oh, you're all in on the guy. And really, you've only done like 1% of any work on it. And then he said, what I'll say about social media is it's social media. Don't take that too far. What do you make of it all? I don't think it's going to happen. I think that they did their due diligence. They looked into it and they probably didn't like what it was going to cost or how it was going to impact their salary cap. So I don't think that it's fair to completely close the door on it because I do think that Brandon has probably sniffed around to see what he can do. I also think they realize they need to add another weapon, whether that's in a trade, whether that's in the draft, whatever it happens to be. But I, I always thought it was more unlikely than likely. I know the smoke started to really kind of pick up last week. 
I think it would have made a ton of sense for them to do it, but I never thought it was like a slam dunk definitely going to happen. All right. I'm just looking over. We're getting a little while ago as I'm talking to you, the owners have approved allowing any player to wear number zero except offensive and defensive linemen. Do you like that? Yeah, why not? Let's have fun with numbers that there shouldn't be all of these stupid number rules either. That's the other thing that's going on. All of the um, proposals here at the NFL owners meetings, but on the Deandre Hopkins situation, the more I know bills fans are not going to want to hear this. I've said it on the radio and who knows by the time people listen to this, anything could happen. All the GMs are here, right? The, the team, the more people I talk to Matt, the more often I hear the words, Kansas city chiefs come up. And I'm not sure if that is something that will eventually happen with Hopkins and Kansas city, man, that would be tough for the bills because I know you got still the AFC has gotten better and it's not just Kansas city anymore. It's Cincinnati. And quite frankly, a lot of people might think that Cincinnati is ahead of the bills and they are the biggest threat to the chiefs moving forward. But you got to think about still the chiefs and the Bengals as those teams that you need to get by to ultimately try and get to a super bowl. So he would be, He's so good. He's a freak. And to have him with Patrick Mahomes, to have him with somebody who can have so much success off script would be a pretty dangerous combination. That's why I thought it made sense for the bills. It's just, they are so up against it with the salary cap. He said that Ed Oliver's number is a number they can live with. And you know, it's a little over 10 million, like 10 and a half. Uh, There were some cryptic tweets from Ed last week. I think we all agree that they need more from Ed Oliver and even Sean McDermott admitted that, but uh, both men, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean um, basically said, you know, Hey, Ed dealt with a little bit of an ankle injury. Maybe he wasn't completely right all year, but you know, they're basically the way they talk, they're expecting him to take a jump. And right now Ed Oliver, you know, that would benefit him as well. He's a big piece of what they need to do in 2023. So Ed Oliver, you know, he's going into a contract year here. So is Gabe Davis. Uh, so is Tyler Bass. Those are the three guys from the 19 class. They're going to be up after this year. Um, at Oliver, I guess it'd be his, uh, yeah, that would be after 19 today. Uh, fifth year option, right now. Am I doing that right? 19, 20, 20 22. Ed uh, Oliver was 2018. No, no, no. Ed Oliver's 2019 going his fifth year. And then Tyler and, and, uh, 2020, Gabe you're 20, right. and Gabe were 2020. Sorry. They're all yes. going into the last year of their rookie contracts is my point. Mm-hmm. And you know, you have to make decisions at some point. So, but the bottom line is Brandon did say, sure down the road, they would look at trying to do something to lower cap numbers or to give extensions and things like that, but not yet, not before the draft. That is all business that would take care of after the draft. If any of that happens, who do you think is more likely to be with the bills past this season, Gabe Davis or Ed Oliver? I would say almost 100% Gabe Davis. As far as more likely. I agree. I think I agree with that too. Um, I, I and I would have, don't think I would have said that at a year ago. And it's not like Gabe Davis had the most unbelievable season, but Ed Oliver had such big expectations playing next to Von Miller. I mean, remember all the stories at training camp about, you know, he feeds him gunpowder and gasoline or no, that was Greg Rousseau was the gunpowder and gasoline stuff. But Von sung the praises of Ed Oliver. And it was like, wow, maybe having somebody like that next to him will open so many things up. And there were flashes Oliver played an unbelievable game on Thanksgiving against the lions. It feels like that's what he always does. He balls out on Thanksgiving, but besides that, there were just not enough flashes from a player who had all of these expectations going into it. And maybe that was the injury. And it was something that lingered longer than it should have. 
big expectations. He's, he's got to have a big year because he's got to get paid, whether that's from the bills or somebody else. Cause if he doesn't have a great year, he's going to probably have to sign one of those one or two year contracts where teams just try and figure out what exactly he is. Speaking of being hampered by an ankle, that's exactly what Sean McDermott said about Gabe Davis. He said he had the injury right before week two. And he said, he just never fully got right. And maybe even came back and he didn't say he had a setback or something else happened, but he mentioned how sometimes that can happen. And then guys come back and they tweak it a little bit and you can never fully recover. So I think they figured the same thing about Gabe, which is get him fully healthy, get him involved. And what I've heard here, the other buzz is I think this team really does believe that Trent Sherfield can help them at wide receiver. And I think that would help Gabe Davis take some stuff off his plate because Matt Gabe's a very good blocker. He's on the field a lot. And Trent Sherfield is known as a very good blocker. If he can do that a little more, that would take a little off Gabe Davis's plate as well. I'm not out on Gabe at all. I know some people might be, I'm not out. I think that they still need to add another weapon, but I also don't think that that's like a knock on him. I just think that they need to be more dynamic offensively and have more options. I think Sherfield and Hardy are nice additions, but I still think you probably need somebody who can line up on the boundary as your one, two or your three. And I don't know if those guys can do that yet. I, I don't think, you know, when Gabe Davis had his most success, they still had a guy like Emmanuel Sanders. They still had a guy like John Brown, who you could kind of, you know, you had these three really legit options. I think Gabe Davis is still going to have a really solid career. I think somebody, whether it's the bills or another team is going to give him a ton of money after this year because wide receivers just get paid. And then I look at some of the contracts that are out there for all of these other players around the league. Like Jacoby Myers is one that comes to mind. I think Jacoby Myers got like $11 million a year. Three thirty. I think Gabe. Yeah. Three for 33. I would rather have Gabe Davis on my team than Jacoby Myers. Am I crazy? No, I, I think there's, I think that's right. Um, I, I think um, I like Jacoby Myers a lot. But especially so do I. You but, think about Gabe's number, especially. I know you're not, but yeah, I, I could make that argument for sure. I mean, if Gabe Davis was a part of this free agent class, he might have been considered the number one free agent in the class. I mean, he'd be close to it because Jacoby Myers was considered that. Yeah, I was going to say I like him better than Jacoby Myers. I like him better than Juju. I like him better than Shark. I also still think that he's got a ton of potential because he is still just entering his fourth year in the league. So I, I have nothing but good things to say about Gabe Davis. And I do think that he's going to first off the production wasn't really that bad last year. I know the drops were something that gets brought up a lot. I still do think though, the trajectory is going up. And as this offense, I think gets better, it should get better Then he'll have, you know, even more improved numbers. All right, let's wrap this up with staying with receiver and something else and circling back to Deandre and what Brandon Bean had to say. I also asked him based on his answer on Deandre Hopkins, which was, Hey, he can't really talk about it. He's on another team. Um, you know, he, he you, they, they'll always, you know, be open to looking into things. I said, well, what about, you know, Odell Beckham? I'm assuming that means the same basic thing. Here's his quote. You know me, we're always going to look for talent. We're going to look at anything and everything. And, you know, our name gets thrown into the hat on a lot of things. Sometimes we've done 1%. And then he can, goes on. But he said, until someone's gone, I wouldn't close the door on anything. I think you're always going to assume that we'll look and pay attention to people's markets and their skill sets. And they're a free, if they're a free agent or someone's else, someone to trade for or not. So Odell Beckham door, not closed. Deandre Hopkins door, not closed. Doesn't mean it's wide open, but that is still in the mix. Obviously Odell Beckham jr. Because we know the bills have checked in on him in the past. Yeah. But then you go back to the compens- compensatory picks and then you wonder would that ever? He wouldn't count. He wouldn't count because he was he was a free agent. Oh, he would. He wasn't on an expiring contract. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah, he, he was a street. He's a street free agent. He was a free agent last year. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. You, it's crazy. He did not play football last year. Um, 
Oh, Odell Beckham. Correct. So he, yeah. Wow. He, yeah. That's why he was making visits last year, but yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he does not count only people who are on expiring contracts now, like Tremaine Edmonds, Devin Singletary. They're the ones that count towards compensatory selection. I cannot believe that that Ram Super Bowl was already that long ago and that we've right. had an entire season that has happened. And I remember talking about Odell Beckham week six, week seven, week eight, week nine of last year, always being like, oh my God, like this is another guy that they should go and try and add. And then he just never ended up with a team and the whole visit stuff happened. So yeah, I mean, if you can make that one work, I still think that that makes a lot of sense, but I would imagine didn't even tweet about it. Like he's not asking for all of the money in the world, but he also isn't going to be cheap. He's not going to be like, you know, a Trent Sherfield or a Hardy type contract. And there are a lot of people here, Matt, who really believe he might sign with the jets, even after all the moves they've made. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, I know the whole like Aaron Rodgers list of people that team with Odell, with Brees Hall, with Garrett Wilson, um, with Alan Lazard, man, he would have no shortage of weapons there. That's for certain. No Elijah Moore, though. He was traded to the Cleveland Browns a little before the owners' meetings. All right, Ron Rakuya, Bill's executive vice president and COO, also spoke in some news about the stadium. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, it's always game day in Buffalo, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. Matt, we heard from Bill's executive vice president and COO, Ron Rakuya. Typically, either owners speak or someone from the organization speaks on their behalf. Um, obviously we all know, especially after the essay, uh, really beautiful essay that Jesse Pagula wrote, um, that Kim Pagula is not in a situation that she's going to be here and speak to us. We did not hear from Terry Pagula. We heard from Ron Rakuya, most important stuff from him, obviously dealing with the stadium. He expects and hopes everything gets wrapped up very soon here. Um, everything on the state level is all done. There's no more like the state is not involved anymore. They've done their part. It's already, it's really on the County to look at the paperwork, approve it. And send it. And they can't even negotiate anymore. They just have to literally look it over and say, yep, that looks good. And then send it back in. And then it's all done. And then we're going to have groundbreaking soon. He even said there is some fencing already up there. Uh, and they're going to be, you know, you're going to see some machinery and things like that going across from the current Highmark Stadium where the new one is going. But it will impact some parking in 2023. The RV lot, he said, will either be greatly reduced or even eliminated in 2023. He said, I know we have great fans that come with their RVs and my message to them is hang tight. We're looking at other options. Isn't uh, Jeremy White a very dedicated is, RV lot person? I yes, know a lot of is. people are like, they live for the RV lot. Well, we have, and we have friends. Uh, their names are Chris and Vanessa. 
uh, and I believe they're listeners to It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. So hi, Chris and Vanessa. But they live out in the Philly area down there, New Jersey, Philly, like that 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 side. And they come up for almost every home game in their RV and stay the weekend. And this is going to be tough on people like that who make those trips. I wonder if there can be some sort of solution. And these are just ideas. This is the first we're having of the conversation. If they could find another available lot and like a lease it for the year and then use that as a temporary RV lot. So those fans still have a place to go. I'm sure there will be other options for those people, but the RV lot, like driving to the stadium a couple days before the game and seeing the RVs lined up and all of those people just going to party for days and days is really, really cool. So I hope that those people, even though this seems like a temporary thing, don't lose that for these upcoming seasons, even though, it's a very valid reason. Like they need to start building the stadium. They're going to need to start, you know, doing what they do. So it's crazy. Once again, I talked about how it feels like it was just a couple of days ago, a couple months ago that Odell Beckham was playing in the Super Bowl for the Rams and he hasn't played since. It also feels like it was a couple of days ago that we were at the owners meetings in Florida and all of the stadium stuff finally came to fruition and the approval happened. And it's also no coincidence that they dropped the renderings, the newest renderings for the stadium, right as the owners meetings were happening. So everybody could see what they're working with, what they're looking at. What did you think about the new renderings? We saw some more. We saw more of the concourse view, more of the view from the field uh, in its bright colors, red, white, and blue, obviously. Uh, what do you think of the new renderings? You know, I think the renderings look really good. Like, these are just, this is my opinion on it. Like, just, I think it looks like a beautiful stadium. What I really want to see is because these renderings, as we have always thought they would, look a lot like the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium over in England. I really want to see what that is like in person when the Bills play there and see what it looks like from a football standpoint. Because I think every rendering I've almost ever seen about about anything has looked really good and impressive. But it's how it looks in real life. I like what I am wondering about. So I know it's just like Buffalo Bills Stadium on the renderings because they got to still figure all of that stuff out. I wonder if that will there will be that big Bills logo right in the front of it or if that's just for the sake of the renderings. The inside looks kind of like all of the other renderings have showed it to look, which is cool. The one thing I keep looking for, and this is a very selfish thing, is the press box. Where's the press box going to be? Do you know? I don't know. I do know, actually. I know. Well, oh. let me let me rephrase that. I know where the broadcast part of the press box is going to be. I don't know if that will be the same because the writer's press box, as you know, is different in a lot of stadiums as it is in ours. It, uh-huh. you know, right now, the press box is in the corner and the, the broadcast is in the is on midfield. So I, I can't tell you where the actual writer's press box will be, but the new radio and TV booths, which could be the same, are going to be basically the same spot they are now, 50-yard line, but higher. It's going to be above more closer to the third deck basically, or above that, you know, um, not the top of the stadium, but it will be higher than it is right now. It is a good question about where the press box itself will be. One thing that keeps being talked about is the four tunnel access and that extra tunnel. The bills will actually have a little walkway down to their um, locker room from behind their own bench, but the four tunnel access now compared to one tunnel. Which is pretty similar and pretty standard really across the league. You know, a lot of those teams have that little stairwell that goes into their locker room from their sideline. And there's also 
so four tunnels at most of the stadiums that we've been to. It also looks like from the renderings, you know, the suites, are there two tiered suites on each side? Is it suite on top of suite or am I just looking at the rendering wrong? It looks like that. It looks like there's uh, like a level of suites and then another level of suites that goes right on top of that. And it also looks like in the renderings, the suites are just on the sidelines. They are not wrapped all the way around like they currently are at the stadium. Like right now, the suites go all the way around at the top of the upper bowl. It looks like here it's going to be what it looks like is two levels of suites, but just on the sides. So it would be kind of the same amount because you would be taking out the sides behind the end zones, but stacking them on top of each other. All right. So you mentioned London and uh, Tottenham Hotspur, right? Is that how you say it? I always get it. I always say it wrong. Tottenham Hotspur. I don't, I don't think you like have to like specifically announce the sound. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not a huge soccer guy. I try to get it right when I say it, but it's not, it's one of those tongue twisters for me, but um, so I, I asked Ron basically about like, is there a date we know yet for London? He said, no, that will come in the normal course of NFL business when they do the scheduling. But once they know the date, Max, Max, my son, Matt, once they know the date, <laughs> Matt, they are going to then start planning for what bills fans can do going to London. And they're going to have, you know, events planned around it. It is a bills home game. And he also said it is already the highest pre-sale game. Like as far as tickets being sold of any of the international games other than Brady in Germany. It is the second one above all, except for that one. Um, so that's pretty cool that there's that much interest. And yes, they want bills fans to see this stadium and kind of say, okay, now I know a little bit more about what we're getting in Buffalo. Yeah. I think it's going to be a really cool experience. I think it's a really nice way to one travel and also like have an event that's mixed into it because you're for a lot of people, they're going to go to a place that they've never been before. Maybe some people went back in 2015 or 2014, whatever year it was, and they want to go back and they want to see a new stadium. For me, I'm excited to one, see the stadium, but two, I do really want to, when I'm there, try and go to a premier league soccer game. I am not a huge like soccer person at all, but I would love to experience the atmosphere of what that would be like because I didn't get to do that back in 2014. So it'll be cool. And I don't know if you can hear it, but uh, the baby is crying in the background. So this is pretty powerful for the course at my house these last couple of weeks. Uh, that's right. Hey, if you have to bolt, let me know. You know, but we'll no, you're good. A couple of little ones here also from Ron Rakuya. Um, Ron was also asked about the new, I, I called it, I said, is it called a visitor center? What's it called? And I don't know if they have an actual name for it, like a fan interaction center. What's going to happen is I believe it's going to be scheduled. It's going to be open in Williamsville is where it's that's the th- it's in like the old Tony Walker Plaza. Yes, is it still yes, called? That's, is- that's where it's going to be in the Tony Walker Plaza. And I don't know if it's still called that. I think it is actually. And what's going to happen is people are going to go in there. They can literally do virtual reality, take you from your front door. And like virtual reality, get into a car and drive to the stadium. So New York, you know, your exact best route and then to your seat that you're going to be able to choose. And that's going to be still on schedule. They're not going to wait for the groundbreaking even like that's going to happen sometime soon. And it's going to be a really cool experience for fans to start getting immersed in all that. Can I ask a dumb question? Maybe, maybe it isn't a dumb question. How is it any different than if they were driving to the stadium? Now it's just across the street. Well, because maybe you don't have tickets. You don't go to games. Oh, okay. Okay. Or, 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 well, there also might be more different ingress and egress due to some of the things that are going to happen with the stadium and how the traffic is going to flow. That's a good question. You could take the actual route yourself and know, right? But okay. the point of this is to show people, <laughs> that's a really funny question. <laughs> show people, the point of this to show people exactly 
the best way and route to go from their state, from their house to their seat, basically, yeah. is what they want to show you more than anything. You know what they should do to really spice it up? The drive-in portion of it should be like a Mario Kart game, so you can like have shells and you could like right. <laughs> shoot the shells or put bananas out on the road at other cars while you're trying to get there. And they're going to have virtual reality. And then once the I stadium too. That's what I very much see the value in that because you want yeah. to see like, okay, this is how I'm going to get in and get to my seat. This is what the view is going to look like. That's a really, really cool opportunity. Just the, yeah, the idea of like driving, you're still probably going to come up Abbott or big tree. <laughs> you're going to take 20 a, hey, maybe there's a route you didn't know that's better. And this is going to show you now. Okay. So I'm going to tell you this. I actually was talking about this a couple weeks ago to somebody. I have a route that I take to games and I've taken that same route to games for, I don't know, seven or eight years now. And it's like, a, to me, it's like a secret. Now there's obviously other people who use it, but I'm not going to say it. Cause like, I don't want me other too. people to I bet use we the have route. the same one. Let's talk about it off air. I'm not going to say it either. Yeah. I have thinking too. So I actually, like everybody at work knows the route because I like sent out an email one year and I was like, this is the best way to go to try and avoid most of the traffic. When we are going to games, I have shared the secret with our friends over at Wham and Rochester because we do a lot of stuff working together. I was like, I want you guys to know they swear by it. I swear by it. Yeah. You still get stuck in traffic every once in a while, but I think last year, I think the worst traffic from a game last year that I can remember. Now, a lot of it also depends on when you're going. I was at the Titans game very early, so I didn't hit any traffic for that game, like really, really early. The Steelers game was a gorgeous day, and it was still early in the year, and I feel like I waited in a lot of traffic for the Steelers game. But besides that, pretty smooth sailing. Well, we'll have to talk about what that is because I give the same route to my wife, and she takes it when she comes in, and it's it's a really good route. But either way... You're going to have to make some adjustments here. They're going to have, you know, different ways to go about things. And obviously we're all excited for the, uh, for the new stadium. All right. Anything else we didn't touch on anything we forgot? I mean, you got NFL business going on a lot of talk. Everything out here is about Lamar and Aaron Rodgers, but especially Lamar, that news broke while we were with Sean McDermott about, you know, him requesting a trade and all that kind of stuff. So all, all of the um, NFL business when it deals with coming to players is also, you know, taking shape here and the proposals as well are going on as I talk to you right now. They're basically voting in a room probably about 100, 150 yards from me. I think Lamar ends up staying with the Ravens, by the way. Like, I know that all really? of the talk. Yeah, I really do. I really do feel like it's something that's going to get worked out because I don't know if you're Lamar. Where where do you want to go? Like, wh- where would you rather be than in Baltimore? Well, he doesn't it seems want to like- be in Baltimore because he I mean, he said he wants out. He wants to trade. Yeah, so- no, I get it. I just, I just, but but if but if Baltimore comes with him with the offer he wants, you know he'll take it, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, that's what I mean. And I think that maybe Baltimore got a little bit too comfortable and didn't think that he ever actually was going to, you know, request a trade or actually want to go somewhere else. And it came back and it, you know, bit him in the butt. But I do think that eventually, maybe I'm wrong. Like the NFL offseason has been pretty wild. It'll be even crazier if Lamar Jackson ends up going to another team. It just feels like all of the teams that are rumored to be interested in him have kind of poured water on it. Like Brandon did with Deandre Hopkins. They're like, Oh no, he's a great player, but we're not going to be interested, which is exactly what you would expect somebody to say. If they're trying to get a deal done, it just, I don't know. It feels like it would cost so much for a team. And I don't know what teams that makes sense for. All right. What do you, uh, what do you got going next week? Because uh, I don't think we'll be able to do a podcast. I mean, you could do one on your own. I am actually headed to Cancun while my son has 
break coming up, Easter break. What a, what a couple weeks for you. So you have the owner's meetings, then you've got a big birthday coming up. Happy yeah. early birthday. Actually, my and my birthday is actually while I'm in Cancun. My birthday is actually uh, Wednesday or Tuesday, April 4th, where I'll be in Cancun for my 50th. Tuesday, April 4th, and then you'll be, ah, that's exciting. How long are you going to Cancun for? Uh, we're just going for like four days, basically. And we're doing the uh, old, we're doing the trick of drive to Toronto and fly out because it's a direct flight. It's, good. it's a lot. People have really said that that's just the best way to go a lot of times internationally. We've done that internationally as well, but um, I've, I've been told the airport there isn't the greatest to deal with, but, it, but otherwise, it's in the best P- way to do it. Cancun or in Toronto? Toronto. It sucks. Sucks, but it is, it is worth it because you can get direct flights and a lot of times you can save some money. Customs at the Toronto airport is a joke. It takes forever. It is just a really big pain in the butt. I have been lucky that the times I have flown international, the times that I've gotten back, like I only flew out of Toronto, I think twice once was international to go from Toronto to Rome or Paris or or something. I don't remember exactly. And coming back, I got in at like, midnight so there really wasn't a huge issue with customs but hopefully your flight coming back into toronto isn't at like a very busy time or else you're going to be sitting in customs for a while all right well in the meantime we'll do our best to get one out i I am coming back like on uh, maybe next thursday i think it is so maybe we'll still get one in with the two of us uh sometime around easter but either way listen for it and always check out your inbox in the itunes inbox or spotify wherever you pod odyssey app of course matt enjoy uh, your 35 40 degree weather while i enjoy 75 80 85 even i think tomorrow one last day in phoenix the sun is peaking out now from the time that we have started the podcast. It went from gloomy and dreary to now sunny. Now, that being said, it's sunny and let's check the temperature. Sunny and 43 degrees. So it is not a heat wave by any stretch, but it looks like we can get outside and get a walk in. So, you know, things are looking up, Sal. All right. For Matt Bove, I'm Sal Capaccio. Thanks for downloading, listening, subscribing. Throw us a nice review, will you?